When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The thing is, we can't control the global economy. We can only control ourselves, and we can only control our own little economy. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. How do you learn about everything? The answer, make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In today's episode, we're talking to financial expert, Nicole Lappin. She's the best-selling author of Rich Bitch, Boss Bitch, and Becoming Superwoman, and co-host of the podcast Hush Money. Plus, she's gone from personal debt to an expert in all things money. She's here to teach us all something new about how to talk about and maximize our finances. Oh boy, and you ready? We're at 15% unemployment in this country, most of which is being dominated by women at over 55%. So I feel like this is kind of a relevant topic right now. I mean, I think money's always so awkward and uncomfortable to talk about anytime. And I feel like now people are scrambling to figure out what can they do as a side hustle? What should they do with their money that they've invested? How should they be saving and shopping a lot because they're coming up with things to do at home? Well, or shopping because it's like your stress relief tactic. Yesterday, I bought pillows from Anthropology. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't need pillows. Dude, full I, retail was, therapy. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. But but then I feel like I need to talk to my husband about what I'm buying and not buying and what our spending plan is. So it's, it is really awkward on top of talking about the dishes and fighting about that for two <laughs> hours. Now we have to fight about our finances even more than normal. Do you find it uncomfortable <laughs> to talk about this with your friends or your husband or family? I find it super uncomfortable. I think it kind of comes back to a lot of topics that are uncomfortable because you're just worried that what you're doing isn't normal, you know, or is that how I'm supposed to do it? I'm supposed to have all this expertise, but where do I get it? Also, the topic is so geared towards men, to be honest, that I feel like women often feel like they just have to figure it out as they go. Yeah, totally. And I think it's an interesting time, though, on the optimistic side for people to learn how to become entrepreneurs and to make their own money and to not rely on a nine to five job because most of us can't work nine to five anyways, especially if we have children at home. So, uh, you know, I'm going to make lemonade out of lemons right now, but we'll and see. Sell, and sell that lemonade, man. And sell the lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we are so excited to introduce my good friend and financial expert, Nicole Lappin. Welcome, Nicole. How are you today? Ladies, I wish everybody could see your background, by the way, Britt. It is just making my day. It is all the confetti. I mean, that's basically the world I want to live in. Yeah, I'm wearing a colorful shirt. I never wear color. My entire house is black, white, gold, and gray. But for you, Britt, I was like, Britt just brings the sunshine and the color. So it seemed appropriate. I'm honored. And I don't know how to bring sunshine to the money topic because it feels a little dire right now, but we're going to try. I'm going to help you. 
Speaking of which, can you explain your background and how you became a financial expert? That sounds very fancy. It sounds so fancy. And I grew up super not fancy, actually. I am the least likely person to be a finance expert. I grew up in an immigrant family, so first-generation American, never had the Wall Street Journal on the kitchen counter, never talked about money. My boyfriend in high school said he wanted to be a hedge fund manager, and I thought he wanted to be in gardening. So I was <laughs> oh my so, that's amazing. so <laughs> clueless about money. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I actually barely had a spoon with food in my mouth at all growing up. A super broken home. My father died of a drug overdose when I was 11, and I needed to start working super early. And I was actually just offered a job in finance as a financial reporter when I was 18 years old. And I just needed a job. So I totally lied, and I faked it till I made it. And when they asked me if I knew about finance, I said yes. And I did not. But I figured it out. And what I realized is that money is just a language like anything else. We just don't have a Rosetta Stone for that language growing up. And so once I spoke it, I then spoke it to the world. And fast forward more than a decade later, I'm teaching other people how to do it. But I'm like, me? Me? If, okay. Seriously, if I could do it, anyone can. I love that. So you've been in this field for a long time and obviously with those amazing beginnings. During the pandemic that we're in at the moment, this topic has become more important than ever. How do you think this is changing the way people think about and talk about money? It's really hard to get people to proactively talk about money. In the same way, it's really hard to get folks to proactively think about their health until there's something wrong. And so when you get a diagnosis, then you start eating healthy. But it had been a challenge for me. So I was an anchor on CNBC and Bloomberg, and I was talking to a lot of old, rich, white dudes about money. And then I wanted to talk to the ladies who I felt needed it most, like my former self, the girl who was smiling and nodding and not joining basic money conversations because I was too intimidated and too scared. But then I went on to launch Rich Bitch. By the way, I started my company during the last recession. So it could be a great time to start a company. It can be a great time to start investing if you change your mindset about it. But, you know, it's hard to get ladies, especially to get psyched about finances until Typically, like your husband dies or you get a divorce and then you have no choice but to think about it. But now we have no choice. Like everybody has no choice but to think about it. And now we're needing to be reactive. And the reaction is like, oh, emergency fund? Oh, rainy day fund? Oh, it's pouring? What? Yeah, now I'm listening. Oh, my God. I mean, it's the rainiest day ever right now, <laughs> right? Storming. Like, uh, and we want this episode to be really actionable for people. We want to give them resources and help them where they need it most. So let's dive into some of the biggest questions you're getting about money. First, you know, so many people have been getting laid off or furloughed. What is the first thing you tell them? Where should they go? What should they do? So there are so many resources out there and relief programs out there. There is no shame in the unemployment game. And the best way to apply for unemployment is careeronestop.org. You go to your state and all of the unemployment stuff goes through the state. They've relaxed a lot of the rules for unemployment. And in many states, it's about $400 a week. But with the CARES Act, up until the summer, you get an extra $600 a week. So that's $1,000 a week right there. So couple that with a lot of the grant programs. I mean, there are so many grants out there. You should be getting after 
all of that money and then cutting back on your expenses and trying to scroll away as much as you possibly can. But if you're furloughed, like I'm not here to sugarcoat this. It means your company is not doing well. So you really need to think about what your plan B is and if you want to even stay at that company anyway. It's kind of like if you're dating somebody and they want to take a break, you know, Things are not going well if you're taking a break, right? But you actually have just as much say if you want to continue that relationship as that other person. And I know the initial reaction is like, why doesn't that person love me? I wish they would take me back. Yes, I'm making a breakup analogy for a fellow. <laughs> I mean, this is what people can relate to. So I'm good with it. But you have as much power to be like, hmm, actually, do I want to be with this person at all? And the same thing goes for your job. You know, a lot of entrepreneurial experts are full of shit when they say, go out and do what you love. I didn't have that luxury. I had to love what I did. I didn't want to be in finance. I wanted to be a poet. I wanted to be a writer under a tree. And ultimately, I became a writer, just not the kind I expected. Because the reality is you have to pay your bills. But now, so much of my financial thoughts and advice has changed with this new normal. So I would say, if not now, then when? And if you do want to make a change in your business life, and if you do want to try making that alpaca farm or artisanal cheese shop or whatever, like (laughs) now is the time. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, to your point, we have all these great loans and grants, but is that money going to run out? Like, is there any predictability to how much we should be saving or how much longer we might be getting any of these loans? There is no predictability, of course, and the SBA ran out really quickly, um, but there could be more relief packages. The thing is, we can't control the global economy. We can only control ourselves, and we can only control our own little economy. So as far as saving, I normally break down a spending plan because I think of a spending plan kind of like an eating plan that allows for small indulgences so you don't end up binging later on. And I broke that down into the three E's because I do love alliteration. Um, essentials, end game, and extras. So your essentials are everything you need to live on every single day. So your housing, your food, your transportation, all that. Your end game is your future selves, your savings, your retirement, your investments, all that. And then the extras is like the latte, the mani-pedi, whatever does it for you. Allow yourself the equivalent of a Hershey's kiss so you don't end up binging on a big old hunk of chocolate cake in the middle of the night because you're so starved and deprived like in a regular diet. But now I change that allocation a little bit. So the essentials would be about 65% of your overall spending plan. Um, The end game should be 30% of your overall spending plan. And the extras are 5% of your spending plan. Like you can't even buy the latte or get the mani-pedi anyway. And you don't need another tracksuit from Amazon. So there's really (laughs) nothing you should be splurging on right now. So just following up with your three E's, which I love that, how can people create a budget and how should budgets look different now versus any other time? So I think really changing that allocation is so important. And if you've never come up with a budget, or if you don't want to call it a spending plan, call it whatever you want as long as you do it. The first step is creating a balance sheet for yourself. So you guys know, obviously, companies have balance sheets, but you can have your own balance sheet where you figure out everything you have coming in and everything you have going out. And those things need to match. Like, you... You forgot something if they don't match. You forgot the Netflix subscription or you forgot, you know, 
by the way, I just got an alert for the GoGo in-flight unlimited, which I used to have. And now we don't what? need that in our lives. And so uh, that was a subscription that I totally forgot about. But you want those things to match. You want everything you have coming in, whether it's through resources from the government, unemployment, uh, grants, loans, anything, child support, alimony, whatever. And then everything you have going out. And, you know, countries can have a budget deficit, municipalities can have a budget deficit, you can have a budget deficit. So you don't want a deficit there. Um, and then you take everything you have laid out. And this is about really getting naked with your money because I've gone through so many diets as many ladies have. And the best one I always say is the one where you're sitting in front of the mirror naked. Um, <laughs> you can only eat then. Like, would you eat the chocolate cake if you're naked in front of a mirror? I would not. Um, <laughs> but it, this is about getting really real. And in the same way as like, if you go to the gym and you lie about your BMI or whatever, like you're only cheating yourself. So you need to see everything laid out there and then you can come up with the three E's and then you can automate it. So whatever money you have coming in, if it's hard for you to save, you know, in the BC days, it would be hard when folks would go out drinking or whatever, and it would be a swipe, 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 and then you'd go over that allocation amount. Um, but we don't have that temptation right now. But we do have still temptations, and we need to train ourselves. And I like to put systems in place so I safeguard myself against myself. And that's through automation. What are you seeing so far, I guess, in two months of data that people are spending more on or less on right now from a category perspective? Well, we're spending a lot less on bills because there are so many relief programs out there. And if you aren't negotiating, you absolutely should be. If you haven't called your major bill collectors, not only do they have programs in place like they've never had before, but this is a time to call your car insurance. And a lot of car insurances, as you guys know, is based on how much you drive. And we're not driving as much anymore. So it should be down. It's a good time to just look at all of your major bills. Talk to your landlord. If you're renting, of course, there is the CARES Act that gives you um, benefits if you have a mortgage through Fannie and Freddie. But if you don't go through your lender, there are relief programs. J.D. Power has a list of a bunch of car companies that have relief programs for leases and loans and what not, and then pit them against each other. You know, as you guys know, in business, like leverage is your best friend. And so just say like, you're going to move to Toyota if they don't hook you up or that you're going to move somewhere else or same thing with your utility companies um, or your cable or your cell phone or whatever. Just say, you know, my friend Britt, uses the competitor and Brit's getting hooked up and I'm going to go hang out with Brit if you don't match that. So just get on the phone. I've come up with scripts and templates and all that stuff because I think these conversations are really hard to have. But once you start the first one, the next ones are way easier. What about things like beauty and skincare and fashion and fitness? Like, are we spending more or less in those categories? So much less. Um, uh, that's why I think 5% is not an unrealistic amount. Yeah, like, yeah, an occasional tracksuit or occasional extra, you know, delivery or whatever does it for you. Like, you still have to treat yourself, but just slightly. And the fact that the world is basically closed really helps you do that. And what about investing in ourselves? Let's say we've been laid off or furloughed. Should we spend money to invest in new skill development? 
Potentially, but there's also so much free stuff out there. So my podcast co-host, Jason Pfeiffer, who's the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, they came up with a list. He had a writer start looking at a few free things out there from companies. They started with like a few and then they got to 198. So there's an article of the 198 things that companies are giving away right now. You know, there are a lot of classes that you can get on Coursera or LinkedIn. There are packages uh, through SEO and cloud services and all sorts of stuff. Like there is so much stuff out there for free and you should absolutely take advantage of investing in yourself because that ultimately pays most dividends later on. On the topic of investing in yourself and savings, given the market madness, what should people do with their savings? Like, do you have recommendations? I think, you know, some people are thinking, oh, I should just leave it and not touch it at all. But also, you know, people need to access some of their savings that they never thought they would. So totally. So I look at (laughs) savings accounts as a little tripod. So a traditional bank, an online bank, and a credit union. And so you want a traditional bank because back when we used to go on planes and we would go to foreign countries, you would want like a Bank of America or a Chase or whatever. But now, not so much. So we're not getting a lot of return on the APY, which is what you're getting for the bank, versus the APR, which is the interest you pay on your credit card. The APY is super, super low. Like rates are low, which is great if you're refinancing a mortgage, but it sucks when you put your money in the bank and are getting less than 1%. So the best place you can go is an online high yield savings account. And that's not going to give you a lot more. I'm not going to lie. It's like one and a half percent, maybe. And Wall Street people has have this fancy term called basis points, which just means like a percentage, uh, a fraction of a percentage. So like 0.05 is five basis points, 0.5 is 50 basis points, 5.00 is 5% or 500 basis points. And so you're getting like 50 basis points of a difference. Like it's nothing right now. And yet, We'll take it where we can get it. The reason that online banks can give you a little bit more, even though it's bubkiss, basically, is that they don't have that overhead. So with the savings accounts, of course, like that's not going to get you a lot of return. Uh, but there are only two truisms on Wall Street. Everything else is basically subjective. And the biggest one is buy low, sell high. The other one, in case you're curious, is it's better to beat low expectations, which also is something you should take as a philosophy for life, but that's a different podcast. Uh, Buy low, sell high is so important. The problem is we don't know where the low is and we don't know where the high is. But I can tell you we're closer to the low than we probably are the high. And so stuff is on sale in the market. And that's why it's really important to not take money out of the market. You're also going to be paying taxes in some cases. And if you take money out of your retirement accounts, folks often think about the fact that they have to pay taxes. And it's going to really suck if that stock or whatever, you know, index fund or mutual fund or whatever you had in there is going to go up and you're going to pay more for what you already had later on. So I get that you shouldn't take your money out of the market, but what about putting money into the market? What about investing? I'm surprised that the stock market is actually at a high right now, but like two months ago, is at a low? And like, what should we be buying? How do we know when we should be finding the good deals? Totally. We should put our blinders on. You need a Valium to look at the market. Uh, you know, It's like a roller coaster. You just can't get off in the middle. Like you bought the ticket, you take the ride. And this is what happens to markets. This is how markets perform. But if you do have money on the sidelines, which is just like extra money on the side, and you have a long-term investment horizon, so you're not retiring like 
next year. And you are dollar cost averaging, which is just a fancy term for putting in little bits of money at different times to hedge against fluctuations. So like for easy math, if you had $12,000, you wouldn't put $12,000 in the market today. You might put $1,000 every single month in the market. So you're sort of hedging against all that ups and downs. This could be a great time if you have all those three things. This could be a great time to invest. I mean, huge fortunes are made when you put money in for stuff on sale and it just grows in value. But you have to, of course, do it the right way. Okay. Can I just say something really fast? My husband and I found this really cool new app called Copilot. It was developed by some former Google engineers. And legitimately, it's my favorite personal finance app I've used to date. And I've used all of them. Um, It's super intuitive. It's great on mobile. You connect it to all of your bank accounts and credit cards. Super secure, don't worry. And you can go in and it tells you in real time each month how much you're doing, like how well you're comparing to your budget. It automatically classifies things. Like it's just, it takes all the manual work out of it. So I don't know if you've tried it, but I'm a big fan and it's fairly new and kind of an you know, a secret. So hopefully all of you guys listening will try it. I have no incentive to talk about this. Other than that, it's a really great user experience. And I've been really Brought to you it. by Copilot. Yeah, thank you. And if Copilot <laughs> would like to sponsor this episode, email me. My new BFF, Copilot. <laughs> exactly. Well, and like Robinhood. So I guess speaking of apps, like yeah. Robinhood is a great tool for investing. I love Robinhood and this is not an ad for them either. But like there are so many easy ways you can just download an app. I think I get really passionate about this because women are not investing nearly enough as men. I um, have watched men make so much money in the last two months because, you know, they bought Peloton in March or Mm -hmm. Zoom stock in March. And like they just like, you know, Peloton's gone up 86% um, to date, you know, their stock. So it's like, oh my gosh, there's like money there. If you just like think about what things might people want more of over the next 12 months, <laughs> given we're going to be in this pandemic and what things do they need less of? And like, I think we're smart enough to do this, women. I don't know why are women not investing as much as men? I think they think it's a guy thing. I think they think something guys know that we don't. And like I said in the beginning, it's a language like anything else. And here's the thing, we cannot budget and we cannot save ourselves to wealth. It just doesn't happen. You can't grow your wealth by couponing and saving. That is important. You should come up with a spending plan or a budget and you should be squirreling money away, but that is not going to create great wealth. So whatever fear or mindfuck, I don't know if I'm saying that on this show or this is like a We'll put an explicit tag on it. Don't worry. (laughs) But like whatever is going on, the biggest enemy is between your ears. So we need to get over that and understand that this is a huge opportunity. Great fortunes are made. Great businesses have been made during economic downturns. You know, Trader Joe's started in an economic downturn. GM, GE, Disney, like huge companies have started during these times. So you could see great rewards uh, if you just don't stand in your own way. But yeah, there are robo-advisors, so betterments of the world, wealth fronts of the world, and there are traditional um, brokerage firms. So like the Fidelity, the E-Trades, the Schwabs of the world. And one is just being more hands-on and one is just being more hands-off. So just decide like how you want to roll with it. And if you're just like, I don't want to think about specific stocks, which you probably shouldn't if you're getting into investing for the first time. You know, Warren Buffett, he was a pretty smart dude about investing. He said that the greatest investment Americans make are low-cost S&P 500 index funds. 
which is already diversified. They're technically mutual funds, but you're essentially buying a little bit of the entire index. So the S&P 500 is an index, the Dow is an index, the NASDAQ is an index. You can buy a lot of different things, but the S&P 500 is like the biggest 500 stocks and you're buying a little piece of all of those. Yeah. And a little plug, we actually have an investing 101 course on Brit & Co, brit.co slash learn. So it literally teaches you how to start, how to even think about it. Take $50, take $100, whatever you can afford. You know, there, there's actually, you know, cheap enough stocks that you can buy with even that amount of money. So I think it's about the practice. You know, it's it's also fun. It's kind of like a game, you know, and I think women are really good at games. <laughs> so um, we should be able to make a lot of money, hopefully, to your point, because this is a big opportunity. So shifting gears to, you know, being an entrepreneur, you mentioned that during economic downturns, some really amazing businesses have been built. You even went out on your own during the last recession. How would you go about starting a business now? What are the first steps someone should take? What questions should they be asking themselves? Should they start with a side hustle. Talk to us more about that. So I would say don't call your company recessionista like I did right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> I remember my, that. Oh, I my totally, gosh. I totally remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, may it rest in peace. I had this crazy lawsuit with this woman that I talk about a little bit, but changed names in Boss Bitch uh, who went after me. And I just always hung on to that. URL because I love it so much. So now it redirects to my website. But yeah, may it rest in peace. Uh, the recession ended a year later and I was like, yay, economy. Boom, my business. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pivot. It's time to pivot. And I pivoted so many times. You know, you guys have pivoted so many times. We've all had to, you know, adapt, not as much as now, but we've all adapted. And that became the basis for Rich Bitch. And it became the basis for, you know, the company I ended up building. And I think right now you can do a side hustle with very little risk. And there are ways to take things virtually. I'm sure you guys have talked a ton about this. So things that you could have, you know, you had to do in person like makeup um, or hair. First of all, if you're doing virtual classes, please let me know because I will be your first customer. <gasps> Wait, I need let's, all the help I can get. Well, you should do a class with us too. We'll talk about that later. Yes, please. And I did. I launched the Money School, so moneyschool.com, which is like money masterclass um, to finally understand this language. This is a really good time to learn. I did the boss school too, where you can learn all these wonky terms. And, you know, as you guys know from just being in the business world, like they're not serious once you actually figure out what they are. EBITDA, you know, sounds so fancy. <laughs> like it just means profits in the end of the day. Like it's not that complicated. So don't let the language intimidate you. If you went to China and you didn't speak Chinese, you'd be confused. If you went to business world or Wall Street and you didn't speak the language of money, you'd be confused. Whatever. Learn the language. You won't be confused anymore. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think again, it's similar to investing. The thing that gets in your way is the thing in between your two years, right? Like you're so scared. What if you do it wrong? You know, I think a lot of times people need to make their plan feel perfect and maybe they'll do it in 2021, but they'll use the 12 months from now to, to get it all set up. No, like start next week. Throw something out to people. See if they like it. Like keep building. Get a community of 10 people on a Facebook page and start asking them questions about what things they need in their life that you can help solve for them. Like, just go. Just go. Put those big girl undies on. Quiet that mean girl inside your head. Now. 